Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, legendary poddlers and poddlers of all shapes and sizes. This is Jack, your lorebender for this season of Even Footing Games Presents. And today we're going to be doing one of our table talks. Today's topic is going to be about Cortex Prime's plot points. And with me today, I got someone who is all raring to go. Right now we're calling ourselves Team Orange because on webcam... We were both sporing orange. You can't tell, so you're going to have to take our word on that. Hey, Lee, how you doing? Just imagine. Yes, imagine. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> Hello. Yes, I'm Lee Baldwin. I'm not sure that I've done one of these talks before, maybe in the very beginning, but certainly not just with you, I don't think. So, hello. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, same to you in regards to being here. Thank you for joining us. So, we're talking about Cortex Prime plot points. It is actually a currency system that's used to help facilitate and adjust mostly the way cortex does it is mess with your rolling which mm -hmm. actually with uh, how swingy the dice rolls go in cortex is definitely appreciated that has a lot of different uses and quite a few different ways you can earn it first let's go over what do you, what do you think we should do earning or using I feel like earning first because you got to get them before you can use them. Right. But yes. how you earn them, first off, you get them from hitches. So, Lee, oh, let's right. say Mayu mm -hmm. rolls a one in any of the dice pools. Which he does. I can buy, often. as a GM, I can buy that one as what's called a hitch. I buy it from you, and I can either turn that into a D6 complication or stress, or bump up one you already have, or do what I like to do, which is create a narrative complication. Whether you succeeded mm -hmm. or not, this is just a little thing that maybe happened in the background or something else that's happening that may have caused you just a little bit of a road bump later on. So that's the main way that you generate them. All players can also generate them using distinctions. Every distinction, which you guys have heard us use on the podcast, hopefully, Distinctions is one of the dice pools that you can pull from, and you can do what's called a hinder. It's a special type of special effect where you can gain a plot point and you can swap out the D8 that's normally used for your distinction die and replace it with a D4. So you're weakening your roll because you're going to have a mm -hmm. one in four chance of rolling a one, and it's very rare that a D4 will ever be used in your total or an effect. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you're purposely hindering yourself to get a plot point. It can also be used for remarkable moments of roleplay. And there are sometimes special effects that generate them. There's one special effect that I know of offhand that I've used for my in my Turtles game where Raphael had it. He ran into a situation without a plan. He got a plot point. <laughs> and those and also you start off with one from the get-go for each session. Those are the main ways. There is one that's been a little dicey for me, which is where you give yourself a condition that you use in your role. But that one's been a little awkward because the wording in the book. So I've been mostly avoiding that one where it's you're kind of it sounds like you're giving yourself a status, which means a status that I can use to roll against you of a D4. And then you get mm -hmm. a plot point. It's it sounds weird. And that, that one, I, that one I've been talking to the community. No one uses that one because the wording <laughs> And the purpose of it's a little awkward. So 
those all sound like interesting ways to generate the points, right? I mean, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's bad things happen to you. You get something from it. Not a lot of games do that. Some Powered by the Apocalypse games give you, you know, growth for misses. Mm -hmm. City of Mist, if you actually use your weakness tags, which are kind of like your narrative hiccups, you get experience. But this is actually a currency that then you could use to, you know, make things better. Like, Lee, how do you think that sounds as a player in regards to that sort of situation? Like, I think Mayu's had a few ones already, so... Like, oh yeah. How does that um, feel? I, I like that. I think that's the main way that I've earned plot points is with buying off of my my failures, basically, <laughs> and and that's always fun because then you can use those things to achieve like very specific goals. It feels like so. I mean, this will go more into like the spending and stuff like that, but that that's a good way to sort of make up for the unsuccessful or the not exactly what you wanted to happen yeah. moment. I so. mean, we've all had those nights of terrible rolling where depending mm -hmm. on your system, you can feel downright useless. You can feel like you're hardly there, especially if it's like a very combat heavy session. And you can feel like, you know, even like big dramatic moments where you're like, yeah, this is, this is my character's big moment. Your dice say differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this helps you Ensure that when, you know, if as long as you have the plot points and you're banking them a little bit, you know, you have a cushion to at least help where that way, when you want something to happen for your character, it's hopefully a little more plausible. Now, I've generally with what I've played, because I granted I've I barely played Cortex. I've only ran Cortex a bunch of times. I've hardly got a chance to play. It's been interesting as a player. And I agree that, yeah. Like what you said, it feels nice that when you have, you know, to have that sort of thing available. It kind of feels like next time, right? Yeah. So it's just like, ah, well, I got this thing. So next time I'll do this. It, it's always it has that sort of momentum that rolls forward with that. Yep. Instead of just getting stuck on, oh, I didn't make it. I don't know what to do next. Oh, yeah. So. Now, the fun thing about Cortex is how you spend it is a bit of a list. I've actually had players yeah. already express that they are completely overwhelmed by this list. And it's understandable. Once you get the hang of it, though, it kind of all makes sense, but it's a matter of just having it all make sense. So I have the list separated. No, Cortex is not separated in this way. This is this was how I tried to help my players. I have plot point use outside of your turn. So these are the things that you can do outside of your turn, that outside of rolling. You can activate a special effect in some versions of Cortex, depending on what mod you're using. Special effects can cause plot points to activate. So, you know, if you got a really cool special effect that does like really interesting things, it's going to cost you. Not a biggie. That one makes sense. Now, the second one, activate an opportunity, is the exact opposite of a hitch. It's if I, as the GM, roll a one. And if I roll a one, you can buy that from me as an opportunity. Now, what that means is that when you do that, you can actually reduce stress that your character has. So as long as you can narratively explain it, you can also create a relationship. Now, this is an interesting one because this, again, all these also depend on what mod you're using. Because again, Cortex Prime is all about them mods. These are just the basic ones and also the basic ones that come with the Tales of Zadia. Going too deep into all the different mods for plot points, we'd be here for a long time so we're just doing the basics create a relationship is a fun one 
if you are using the relationship traits system, that is a mod, you can actually, first off, if you have like an NPC that like your, your characters are getting to know, they're interesting, you can be like, okay, I want to spend a plot point so I can have a die value associated with my relationship with them. That's I can expand and grow on, which is kind of cool because what it is is that you're creating that D6 for just that session. If you want that relationship to stay and to matter, you know, that relationship felt like lasting, you would actually use growth at the end of the session to basically sense. level up and keep that, keep that relationship. It's a fun mechanic. And that, w- that is more based on a mod. The relationship trait is, is another dice pool that you can pull from. Zadia does not use that by default. It's just one that I've liked to use because for the games that we're running are usually more about that drama and about that character interaction. So relationships mm-hmm. really are fun. Yeah, definitely. The way we've been playing it. Yeah. Also, I love teasing you guys about the fact that the uh, quantifying your relationships is probably the most grueling thing you can do a character creation. <laughs> <laughs> now, another fun thing you can do is create a temporary asset. This is kind of more narrative, meaning that let's say you're in a back alley brawl and you don't have any weapons available. You can create it. You can spend a plot point to be like, okay, Jam, can there be a pipe? laying there that I can use. I'd be like, mm-hmm. do you have a plot point? If you have a plot point, then yeah, there definitely is. And you can, mm-hmm. and then you have a length of pipe, D6, because it automatically generates a D6 asset that you can use for your dice pool. It can also be used as just a scenery thing too. Uh-huh. It can also be an NPC. So it, for an interesting one, huh. like, yeah, you can, you're basically, it's allowing the players to generate something. That can be used. Yeah, we've definitely done like the uh, the physical things. It's mostly been used as like weapons or obstacles. But Essentially, I didn't think about doing an NPC. So you guys also haven't been around situations that really use NPCs so much. So oh, let's say you're talking to a certain shopkeeper, and you know certain Karen. <laughs> what, what do we call them? Karens. Karen. Uh, yeah. yeah, they were. You wanted to cause some trouble. You know, you can actually spend a plot point. Have one of them come over. And you're telling me this, that the player mm-hmm. is just checking with the GM. Hey, is this cool? And I'm like, yeah, hey, you're willing to spend the point. It makes sense. Go for it. <laughs> and now that's mm-hmm. part of the narrative. So it gives the players a little bit of freedom. Again, everything is still GM approval. Mm-hmm. Now, what you can also use a plot point for is sharing that asset. If you created a temporary asset by spending plot points or by making a test, because you can also create the similar asset by completing a test for rolling. You can actually make it open for anyone to use, which, okay. which is fun. So basically, you can hand fun, off yeah. items, you can hand off scenery things, you can hand off anything. It's a fun little narrative thing. Now, this one's a little interesting. Interfere in a contest. Now, contests are when two, two uh, characters, again, PCs, NPCs, whatever, are going back and forth. We haven't really done too many of those in the podcast, but it's when you're trying to outdo each other consistently until someone either gives up or loses the dice roll and that total keeps going but narratively let's say mayu and teen ra are arguing and no i'm just throwing that out there <laughs> you should know but no, it's with the point fives i always i always pick on the character of whoever's on i always use them as the examples i would never okay no i'm just kidding. i know i know <laughs> and let's say ren or Wei. Wants to jump in and be like, hey, guys, stop. 
mm-hmm. they can spend a plot point to actually interfere. And at which point the two characters that are arguing or having their conflict have to spend a plot point to keep going. <laughs> so basically they get to spend a plot point to do oh, that I'm in it. to do that narrative fun <laughs> thing of turn of both of both of them turning around to the interferer and say, Hey, shut up. Or back off. This is about us. <laughs> but it's like it's a very like niche situational thing. Yeah. Now, this other one for outside of the combat is, a l- I mean, outside of your turn, is a little bit more towards the GMs, I can say, which is stay in a fight. If you were to be taken out, you would spend a plot point to take a complication instead. The size of the complication is equal to the effect die of the opposing stress dice pool. What it means is that if something were about to take out a player or a character in general, you spend a plot point. You're like, no, no, it's just a different kind of stress. So yeah, if I'm like, okay. so if we're like targeting your exhaustion, and you're about to hit past that you're D12. Almost, yeah. You can instead be like, no, no, plot point, plot point. Maybe I'm really angry. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you in the fight. It works. The reason I say it's more of a GM tool is that it's the perfect thing for, you know, hey, he's getting away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So some of these are more narrative. Some of these are, they're all by and large mechanical in nature. Yeah. But there is some narrative fun stuff. Like, like, like you were just saying, Lee, that. The idea of creating the NPC. That sounds kind of fun, right? Yeah, I think that'd be neat. And as a for an episode. Yeah, and as a yeah, you guys are pretty much in a situation where that sort of thing can happen. Yeah, and that's definitely something that we've messed around with in another game, but I mean there was no rules based around it, so yeah. we just kinda had to talk it out. It's nice to have something concrete like that to figure that out. Yeah. And actually this session, I mean, yeah, this session of Table Talk, we're going to be doing a bit more comparing, and we're going to compare it to another system that actually relies really heavy on that sort of stuff. But, well, we'll get to that in a minute, mm-hmm. um, because we only got a few more left. So now there's yes. now we got to the rolling part. Typically, most things in Cortex happen after you roll, but with a plot point, you can add more dice to your pool. Now, the cool thing about that mm-hmm. is they can be from the same trait, because typically you can only pick one from each trait. Okay, so, I was a little unclear about how that worked. I know I used it. I think I used it once, but I wasn't sure like exactly what was going on there. Yeah. So, so let's say you think like another distinction <laughs> makes sense, or another value makes sense, or another attribute makes sense, or assets or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can spend a plot point and toss that baby in. Gives you more dice to roll with, which in Cortex is a good and a bad thing. You know, more. <laughs> you know, that's just another chance to roll a one or another chance to roll a really high number. My my general thought on that is typically try to make it a high die. <laughs> if you can make it have it make sense, have it be a high die. All dice. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the dice. Pretty much. <laughs> now, after you roll, meaning after you've already seen the results, you can do a lot of fun things. You can include more results. So typically you can only use two die to make a total. Well, spend a plot point, mm-hmm. you can throw in a third. That I know we have done. And that is probably one of the most useful ways to use a plot point, like, but by leaps and bounds, like that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things the GM can do too. Like I can actually do more results or I can do more effects, but I only do it when it makes sense to. And when I think it will create good drama, which is rare. Normally I'm more of a, I normally go by the power by the apocalypse rule of GMing where I'm a fan of the players. I normally want things, not that I want players to succeed but i want them to have ups and downs i'm a decent judge of reading when a player is disappointed by their rolling 
And so I'm usually like, okay, I'm not going to add to this. Now, a player, on the other hand, is like, no, I really want to succeed in this. I really want <laughs> Mayu to do this thing. And Lee, you with this, you have the capability of being like, okay, I rolled a eight, a six, a four, and I'm only like two away from my total, from beating the total. So I can spend a plot point, boom, bump that baby up with a third number. Yeah. This is an important thing to me. Yeah. I'm going to use it. There are plenty of situations where even with that, yeah, that it won't matter. <laughs> um, Spend wisely. Yeah, because you can do this as many times as you have plot point and dice. So you can do mm-hmm. a third, a fourth, a fifth. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I've seen up to like five dice be used because I rolled really. And still not make it. <sighs> they, they, they barely did. <laughs> you roll a one you can't use it for anything even yeah. with this so it's kind of like to actually hint at what we're talking about after immediately talking about cortex someone compares this to fate because fate was actually helped build cortex someone said in fate if you have fate points you can always get out of a situation you can always beat a roll in cortex that's not true there's yeah. even with all the plot points in the world, if you rolled really bad, there's nothing you can do. So it creates two different yeah. feelings. That's true. Yeah. But here's another. See, I, I can kind of roll with both. So yeah, it's like it's like either, <laughs> you know, I feel like there's just some things you can't do. Oh it's yeah, just how life is. Oh definitely. <laughs> so, I've yeah. been seeing it because I've been rolling a lot with Faye a lot lately. I find mm-hmm. it works well for things that like you feel are really true to your character. Like, mm-hmm. if your character is known, by and large, to be, like, you know, someone who calms people down, like, the, the face of the party, someone who's, like, a really good people person, and you really mm-hmm. feel like you should be able to do this thing, like, you feel like it's really important to your character, it's nice to be able to be, like, boom, 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 I have done it. And reassure. And yeah, reassure. You have that backing towards your player's actions, I see. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than being, like... I am one of the most expert lockpicks known far and wide. I can break. I can practically go about any lock. I've been bragging about it. I have expertise and all this other stuff. Throwing in Dungeons and Dragons, which we will talk about, and yet you just roll terrible. You don't. You're not looking like you're living up to your expectations. Which I mean, could be a, could mm-hmm. be a fun character thing that you know you're talking your no, own game up. That's what I'm saying. I like both. Yeah, of the ideas, both can really, work, and it just depends on the game and, exactly. and who you're with and everything. Yeah. So, like that's one thing we're noting with the Ninja Turtles game is since we are playing established characters, that mm-hmm. in Turtles media they are these specific things. It feels weird when they fail at something that normally in like the show or movie they really wouldn't, mm-hmm. and that's because it's that uh, pre-established. That's something we that's something that's part of the reason why the turtle game has been jumping from system to system like crazy, because it was hard <laughs> to find a system that really homed in on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so getting jumping to the next thing, one of the other things you could do with a plot dice and with this one we've done because it works really well with challenges. Those group activities where you guys are trying to bring the dice down is use another effect yeah. die that is so useful. Basically, what it means is that because you always pick one die as your effect die and, you know, the side of that die is weighed against the other effect die. If yours is higher, it knocks that out. If it's equal to or less, then it just drops that other effect die, the one you're going up against down. So if you got two, if you, you know, going up against an eight and you got a 12 and a 10 that you could use, 
and let's say you're going up against, uh, let me phrase it better, you're going up against two eights, spend a, pl- spend a plot point. You could just got rid of two dice. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, granted, I think last session actually made it so Mayu didn't get a turn during that challenge, because I think Wei did almost that exact That's thing. <laughs> yeah. So That's how it goes sometimes. It, it, I, I pointed out the thing, and then everyone reacted to it, yeah. and it was, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's an interesting thing to do. It also is nice in combat scenarios because that means that you can make your hits really hurt because you can hit them with two mm. types of stress. Or you can actually like be like, okay, well, I'm applying a D10 anger, but I'm also applying a second die, which is a D8. It doesn't beat a D10, so it doesn't replace it. But instead, it, dump- it steps that D10 to a D12. So which is pretty nice. But again, you got to spend a plot point and and you have to have the dice for it. And now the last one is something that we have not been using in the Avatar game, but I have used for other Cortex games, which is you can spend a plot point to use a hero die. A hero die is a completely Mm. different type of currency. (laughs) Uh, Great. (laughs) Yeah. Cortex has mods. More and more. Cortex has mods. (laughs) And hero die are fun. Hero die is, let's say you get a heroic success, which is where you get a five or above. It automatically steps your effect die up. But let's say you're in a situation where you're like, wow, we're doing a test. Effect die doesn't even really factor into tests. Or let's say, you know, you're like, well, I'm I'm doing a challenge and it's a D8. I got a D10 effect. Stepping it up doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Hero die says, oh, okay, that's cool. Hold on to that. Hold on to that die. You got a, you got this heroic success. You can use it later. And then it becomes mm. its own currency. And what it is, is you can, even after you roll, you can roll a hero die. Okay. So it's like a crit success Just that you can save for later. Yeah. Which is okay. cool. That's good. It's cool. Um, but it's another form of currency. I like it a lot. But again, it adds to this huge list. Because hero dies mm-hmm. can be used for their own, their own separate things. I like to reiterate the fact that Cortex with the mods do some interesting things and you can mold the game to be what pretty much whatever you like as long as you're okay with, with dice pool. That's the thing with Cortex. Yeah. You have to be okay the with the basic dice pool. Mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> if, just as long as you're okay with dice pool, and I've had players that were not okay with dice pools. They're mm-hmm. like, no, this is getting convoluted. It jumps all over the place. It depends on the type of game you're doing. If you're playing a type of game that is your characters do have those ups and downs and your players are okay with that that's the narrative you want to tell the dice pool and everything it's a great system but it, you just gotta make sure it's what you want to do so how does all those sound like that monstrous list right there's a lot yes yeah. and it's definitely more difficult to keep all these things in mind when you're actually playing but that also comes with like this is a completely different system yeah. than i am used to playing so it's cool ideas i feel like in order to really see a lot of the narrative ones you would it would be more useful for like a long-term campaign yeah. with like building relationships and stuff like that. So I like those ideas a lot and I think that they could be utilized really well. Oh, and I agree. I mean, I've used them and we're using a good chunk of them in our game by itself. Thank you for, again, for joining me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And dear Podlers, also, thank you. We really can't do any of this without you guys. We invite you, obviously, to our Discord, where if you want to come and talk to us about systems, if you want to learn more about any of the systems that we talked about, we're more than happy to talk about them. So if you go to mm-hmm. even putting games, 
Discord.com. We got all the links for our Discords for our social media. You can hit us up anywhere, pretty much. If you're like, just type it in Google. You'll yeah, find type it, it in Google. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. Also, check out our games, you know, Babies and Broadswords. We have a lot of different stuff coming up for that. We got a, I think we could talk about it now. We got a nice little module coming out. Crawl of Cthulhu yes. in time <laughs> for Halloween. And I'm doing a bunch Spooky of the art. Season is um, here. <laughs> and it's good. It's great. If you want some baby, if you want some babies and broadswords with a little bit of touch, touch, you know, touch horror for funsies. Oh, it's there. Jason's doing an amazing job of yes. writing it. Again, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying the table talks and also the avatar games. And I hope you look forward to everything else that we are going to be bringing to you. So again, I'm Jack. I'm Lou Baldwin. And we're with Even Footing Games. We make games and play them. And we hope you'll get a kick out of it. <laughs>